0: Throughout the season of Lent, we have been studying the different facets of forgiveness. Where do we need to be forgiven? Where do we need to offer forgiveness? What keeps us from forgiveness? And forgiving those with differing intentions. And we've intentionally teased out reconciliation from forgiveness reconciliation is not a given with forgiveness there are so many circumstances in which reconciliation is not possible due to death or healthy boundaries reconciliation requires a engagement of all of the involved parties. For persons and groups, nations to reconcile, all of those who are involved need to be willing and able to engage in restoring the relationship to the proper balance, again. For any of you who reconcile your checkbooks, God bless you if you are reconciling your checkbooks. You know there are times in which this is a pretty simple kind of a thing to do. The month has been a simple one. And there are times that this is a little bit more of a complex endeavor. And if you've ever had the privilege, God bless you, for reconciling a checkbook for someone else, maybe it's been for an organization, you understand that there are multiple persons involved in the process of expenditures, there is a highly high likelihood that there is time necessary for making the checkbook balance, maybe even more so than your own checkbook to balance. Reconciliation requires the engagement of all of the parties involved. And sometimes, even though we desire for reconciliation, it is not possible. And then, we have to release the other. We can no longer hold a vision of how it was, and we have to let go. In the gospel lesson, John paints a familiar image. The guest list has been set, And so was the table. Jesus and the twelve disciples have been traveling together for three years. Any of you who've ever traveled with colleagues, you get to know them a little bit. If you've ever been to a work conference or a trade show, if you've ever driven with other people, if you've ever flown with them, you learn some interesting things about people You know who brings in leftovers for lunch and who always goes out for lunch. You learn who always packs light. Is it me? I am the one who always packs light. So that was apropos. There is always one who packs light and there's always one who has everything you need. You learn about the one who is the night owl and the ones who are the morning larks. Yet you begin to know things about people. So it was for Jesus and the disciples. And Over the last three years, they learned a lot from each other and from Jesus. As they gathered to celebrate the Passover, Jesus was still teaching, and he was utilizing these object lessons. You see, Jesus took the bread, the one that would be used for the Passover meal, the one that we redeem and use for Holy Communion, and he talked about betrayal. Jesus declared he would be betrayed, not because he was seeking to talk the betrayer out of the act. Did you notice that? He wasn't talking him out of it. He wasn't even trying to reconcile with Judas in this part that Pastor Margie read for us. He wasn't trying to change the course of events. Rather, Jesus releases Judas. Do what it is you must do to keep the events moving towards the action of arrest and trial, of crucifixion and death, of burial, and we know how the story ends, of resurrection. It can be challenging for us to know whether it's reconciliation or whether it's release. Before Christmas, I got a letter in the mail that caused me panic just by the sight of the envelope. Let me explain it to you. Let me first say I love public libraries in general, and here my family has been attending. We really like the Eastern Monroe Public Library. Like many busy parents and people everywhere, I have tried very hard to return my books on time. I promise. I have. But occasionally, books sometimes get returned a little bit late. It's a confession. And as I was checking out another great resource in December, the library staff appropriately and sternly reminded me of a fine that had been accrued. In fact, they went on to wonder why I didn't have the cash on me to pay off my fine. I didn't. I made promises to bring the funds next time, and I left the library and went on my way. A week later, I received a letter here at the church from the library. and I wondered if they would tracked me down this is what I thought at my place of employment to pay my fine debt and guilt friends it can weigh on you the letter announced the gift of three books that had been given in my honor on the topics of problem solving and community building by the pastors Margie and Ted Good, and I was bowled over with gratitude and surprise. Later, I was the first person in line the next day to pay off my fine. I was done with this guilt. I reconciled. The account was paid in full, and I had a receipt to prove it. I was done. Last October, New York City libraries joined with others throughout the country to eliminate their library fines. They increased books and people back in 200 branches. Y'all hear this story? Did you know this? And the effect has been a tidal wave. This note accompanied one of the big boxes of books they received back. It said this, Enclosed are books I borrowed and kept in my house for 50 years. A box of books for 50 years. I'm 75 years old now, and these books have helped me through motherhood and my teaching career. Another box referred to the books as family patrons who previously were prohibited from using the library once their fees reached $15. For many people, especially single parents, this was just too high a debt. Over 88,000 books have come back in the last five months, true story, and it increased their patronage by 15%. While fines for lost books still remain, you lose your book, you have to pay for it, they discovered a way to reconcile or release patrons. One librarian said it this way, I can't tell you how stressed these fines made our patrons and not having them erase that. Or to the point the president of the library said this, we learned we could adjust our budget to do everything we needed covering the lost revenue, because we're not in the revenue generating business. We are in the encouraging to read and learn business. We were getting in our own way. So I wonder for you and I, what are we called to? Do we sometimes get in our own way? You and I, in this forgiveness tour, are called to evaluate the next steps in our journey. As we offer and accept forgiveness, is reconciliation or release the next step? So let me offer a few questions for us. Is the person we're thinking of available for reconciliation? Are all of the parties available? If the person has moved on to glory or is physically or mentally, emotionally unavailable, can't be located for whatever reason, release might be a better option. Second question, would reconciliation bring health? If this relationship previously involved abuse, Or harm or neglect of any kind then maybe reconciliation isn't the match and release might be a better match third question is the other the person it's involving engaged willing to be engaged in the reconciliation if they don't have interest or investment in bringing forth the hard truths so you can bring it forward together then release might be a good match for this relationship friends release is not defeat (laughs) jesus sat at the table with judas and released him to do what he needed to do and brought about the resurrection story the one that we will talk about for the next three days. And Jesus, he stayed at the table. Betrayal was not the last word. Jesus gave the fledgling community the sacrament of communion and said, do this in remembrance of me. Yes, There will be those with whom we can reconcile. Thanks be to God. This is wonderful. And there will be those whom we need to release. And so it is. Jesus stays at the table with us through it all. This is a gift. This is also the gospel. It's the good news of our Lord and Savior. Thanks be to God. Amen.